You know goddamn well there were never any charges brought against me. When that bus crashed and you were lost in the mountains. We all know what really happened. There's only one way that you're gonna stay alive. Yeah, well, I don't care what anybody says. I did not eat 110 passengers. Before the crash, you weighed 180. When they found you picking your teeth, you weighed 237. Explain that. I ate the seats. I ate the luggage. I boiled the floor mats just like they taught us. But how come there was no trace of passengers? My co-driver ate them. Bendix was eating people left and right. I swear to God, there was no way I could stop him. I was delirious with fever. You didn't want to stop him. You yourself said you ate a foot. Look, Bendix made a stew. I had no idea there was a foot in it. Eat one lousy foot, they call you a cannibal. Hey there, welcome to another movie mug, a film, a drink and an opinion. First of all, an apology. I didn't mention at the end of the last episode, I forgot because I kind of got carried away, that about anything to do with remake or upgrade potentials for the two films I looked at, which was Breakdance the Movie and its uh, rather poor excuse of a sequel. Well, no remake's really necessary for either of these two films. Uh, there's plenty of street dance films out there anyway, so why bother? You know, Where's the room for these things? Uh, step Up, Street Dance, 3D, blah, 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 blah. There's tons of those kinds of things out there anyway, so no need for any of that. Um, as for upgrading my old dodgy knackered VHS uh, tape up to digital well part one yeah I've put that on the list I haven't found anywhere uh, that uh, that I bought it from yet you know there's there's some special editions out there about £10 but I don't really want to be spending tons and tons of money you know I'll pick these things up with like three or four quid I'm um, not quite sure what that is in dollars. I think it's about sort of seven or eight dollars. Um, part two, though, I won't even be touching that unless, of course, it comes as a freebie. Uh, you know, you get a, a, a two-pack, you know, with uh, uh, part one and part two for the same price, stuff like that. But um, there you go. Anyway, to this week's film. Well, this week's film was released in the same year as two other movies that I've gibbered on about in the previous podcast, uh, At the Earth's Core and Carquake. And the year is 1976. And that's turned out to be a pretty good year for old films, worth rewatching at least uh, and I've got at least two or three more waiting to be rewatched uh, in the weeks to come so um, so a few more films from 1976 to come yet but what about the mug you ask well let me first tell you about the mug in the last few days uh, for some reason I simply cannot get enough pineapple juice in me I've, I, I don't know what it is I went to the supermarket to buy some stuff and I saw pineapple juice on the, on the in the fridge and I thought yeah we could really do with some of that and I've been bloody addicted ever since. So I am. Um, I'm on my second pint of the stuff. Uh, you know, since starting watching this film and recording this, and uh, I haven't actually had pineapple juice in a long time. It's 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 probably been a couple of years at least since I've had pineapple juice. And I haven't. About ten years ago, I was kind of had a similar addiction to pineapple juice as I've got right now, in which I just couldn't get enough of the stuff. I was so wrapped up in it that when somebody, I think it was, I think it was my. I think it was my mother-in-law, but I'm not entirely sure. Ask me, uh, well, ask my wife, because I don't really speak to her. Ask my wife what I wanted for Christmas. I kind of responded uh, off the cuff and went, oh, well, get me a carton of pineapple juice. And, uh, well, yeah, she even bloody wrapped it. I got <laughs> a carton of pineapple juice for Christmas. She wrapped the bloody thing. So um, pineapple juice is, uh, yeah, top of my list at the moment. Can't get enough of the stuff. 
lovely, sweet, yellowy drink. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, anywho, so what's the film? Well, first saw this film in, well, it would have been the mid-80s, I reckon. Uh, it was released in 1976, but I saw this on TV. Now, I, I do remember first seeing this film. It was on BBC Two. Uh, which, and it would have been late afternoon. It would have been, you know, after school because I'd have been about that kind of age. I'd have probably been about ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. Um, maybe even younger. But um, my watched it with my little brother at the time. Uh, who uh, he's um, at Rocksteady seventy four on Twitter. So anybody might recognise that name. That's my brother. Uh, and we watched it together. And I probably saw it, you know, a handful of times over the next sort of five or six years or so, and then never really again, certainly not since the 90s, I don't think I've seen this since, anyway, any time before 1990, but I had real fond memories of this film, you know, it's a real zany, madcap comedy about a bus, uh, a bus with a uh, with a bomb on board, um, well, okay, it's not speed anyway, <laughs> but I guess speed could say that there is a, there's a slight tip of the hat towards this film, but it's got a lot more in common with a film which came out a few years later called Airplane. This is basically Airplane on a Bus, and it's a big bus, and that's the name of the film, Big Bus. It actually beat Airplane, like I said, to start off the kind of disaster spoof genre, as far as I know anyway, um, lampooning these high-concept, big-budget disaster films of the 70s, you know, like the airport ones, airport 71, all that kind of stuff, Um, Tower and Inferno, uh, When Time Ran Out, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, I guess to some degree The Swarm as well, but... um, it hasn't held up as well as Airplane, to be fair. You know, Airplane came a few years later, and you know it, that's a better film. But lest we forget, even Airplane is now thirty years old. So you know, so the big bus is still entertaining, even enough for ninety minutes, even though it's like thirty-five years old now. It's still a lot of fun. It's directed by Mr. James Frawley, who a couple of years later gave us the original and. The second best of the Muppet movies, in my opinion. I, Great Muppet Caper was my favourite of the Muppet movie, but he directed the original Muppet movie. He's still working in TV, mostly yeah, mostly TV work. He's uh, He just did direct some episodes of Grey's Anatomy, you know, like about two years ago. I don't think he's done much since then. So, But um, he's been steadily working over the years. He's a bit of an old man now. But um, So the Big Bus. Well, the Big Bus is actually called Cyclops, and it's the world's first nuclear-powered bus. It's actually this... 32 wheeler uh, articulated in the middle it's two two double decker buses basically fused together with this articulated uh, umbilical in the middle you do actually get buses like that. I've seen them, but not double-deckers and not the size of this thing. This thing's huge. Um, so huge, in fact. Uh, oh, I named uh, the fact that it's called Cyclops. is named by the huge headlight in the centre of the cockpit, just above where the drivers sit, and this kind of wrap-around screen at the front. Um, and above that, there's a, there's a lounge. There's the Oriental Lounge, which is part of the bus. And there's a big eye in the middle, and that is the headlamp. That's why it's called the Cyclops. But it is a huge bus. Though. It's, got a, it's got a bar in it. It's called the Oriental Lounge, which has got a piano player in and a... Um, and a bar, obviously. It's got a 10-pin bowling alley, single-lane 10-pin bowling alley in there. It's got a swimming pool. Uh, it's, we'll also find out later it's got a, a galley, a place where they make all the meals and all that, with banks of microwave uh, um, uh, or ovens. They look like microwaves, but I don't know if they had microwaves back then. Yeah, I guess they would have. Um, it's got a stately dining room with a captain's table in. Uh, it's got an opulent bathroom, not just a couple of stalls. It's got a you know, bathroom over there. I mean, it's a big, big bus. Not quite sure how the interior relates to the exterior you know i've actually tried sort of looking at the film a bit more in depth and seeing right how many windows along but you know the, the biggest problem it really is is that there's not 
a lot of room for passengers, which is obviously from a commercial point of view would be a bit silly, but it's a spoof movie. What do you expect? Anyway, so it's taken its maiden voyage. It's doing a non-stop from New York to Denver. It's in front of the world's press, and it's not unseen or unscrupulized by the oil industry, and in particular Iron Man. Now, not Iron Man that you're thinking of. I'm not kidding. (laughs) He's called Iron Man because he lives in an iron lung, basically. It's Jose Ferreira uh, from uh, Dune. what was his name in June? I can't remember the character's name in June. It wasn't the traders. It was the oh, it was the bat? No, the emperor had a had a paddosh or something like that. Anyway, um, he's uh, he's an uh, oil magnet or something like that, and uh, he wants to sabotage the maiden voyage, sabotage this bus because obviously it's going to cause problems for the oil industry because a nuclear bus. Um, so uh, basically, he, he sets about putting a bomb on the bus, or he's, he's coerced about putting a bomb on the bus. And this might have even been the first film to do that. And obviously, it's been done a few times since then. So there's there's an early explosion at the bus station, though, which is uh, an early sabotage event, which injures both of the drivers for this bus. So the company needs to find replacements, and they call on a guy called Dan Torrance. Now he's played by uh, Joseph Bologna, who was in another film, movie mug film from a couple of weeks ago called Transylvania Six Five O O O. He played the mad scientist guy who. Uh, kept going backwards and forwards in his room and changing from the sort of Jekyll and Hyde kind of aspect of it. But um, he's a kind of a genius driver, a uh, genius bus driver, but he's got a troubled past. And he's been previously involved with the designer of the bus, Kitty Baxter, who's played by Stockard Channing, uh, which was a couple of years before she was then immortalised as Rizzo in Greece. Torrance is kind of hated by the bus driving community. Uh, all seem to be named after colours. There's an interesting, uh, uh, funny scene near the beginning after he gets uh, his characters introduced in which he goes in and uh, all of the bus drivers are named after colours because he shouts them out, hey, whitey, blacky, red, pinky, greeny, brownie. It's quite kind of funny, a little bit Reservoir Dogsy. But um, he's hated by the bus driving community and he's haunted by the past as the reason why they hate him because of an incident in which... Uh, his bus broke down at uh, Mount Diablo, I'm not entirely sure where that is, and all the passengers mysteriously disappears, which he says were eaten by his co-driver, but they all reckon that he did it. And he kind of that's where he gets his, uh, where the stigma comes from. He only actually admits to eating a foot, which was found in a stew, which was made by his co-driver, and you get all that at the beginning of the podcast in that clip that I played. It's, it's actually very reminiscent of Airplane, when you think about it. It's very rem- reminiscent of the Macho Grande gag from Airplane. Um, in fact, the dark, the, the Don Dan Torrance character, and they call him Don. The Dan Torrance character and Ted Stryker, they could have pretty much been the same character. To be fair, it's clearly an inspiration for the Zucker guys. Um, in fact, during that bar sequence, a little bit after that, there's a bar fight breaks out, and I swear there's the airplane music playing in the background. You know, you watch this film, you listen, just as they're having a fight, it sounds like the airplane music. But there you go. Things get kind of silly um, when he's uh, uh, after that clip, and uh, he gets joined by Shoulders, who's played by John Beck, who never really found fame in movies. He appeared in pretty much every TV show going, you know, just in one or two episodes. But um, but he's really really good in this actually. He helps him out uh, of getting out of the fight um, and even getting the rest of the bus drivers to back off by uh, smashing not a bottle but a milk bot- milk carton. You know, the way they in most films they pick up a bottle and they smash it and they, come on, come on, come on. He picks up a milk carton and smashes the top off and there's a milk, broken milk carton and they're like, oh, back off, he's got a milk carton. But then somebody else grabs a candle, breaks off and he goes, oh, he's got a broken candle. It's dead silly but it's funny. Shoulders, um, who Dan Torrance uh, insists becomes his co-driver on this new bus, um, only finds out afterwards that the reason why he's called Shoulders is that he's got an ear imbalance problem and that he drives on the shoulders all the time. Uh, and he also mentions that he's got narcolepsy as well and keeps nodding off at um, rather inopportune moments. 
The passengers on the bus are mostly throwaway, a few stereotypes, what you would expect to find here. There's a priest who's challenging his faith. There's a guy with six months to live who's never really lived and is obviously the seven one of the world, but then obviously refines himself and wants to live. There's the there's a struck off vet who ends up treating a person as if they were a dog. There's the man eater, there's the old lady, there the cynical old lady, there's the squabbling couple who can't keep their hands off each other, etc. 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 Almost, you know, Almost all of the sort of standard characters that we found in Airplane a couple of years later there in uh, in, in the big bus. Played by people such as the late Ling Redgrave, uh, Rennie Aubergionis is in there, he plays the priest. Um, you may remember him as Odo from Deep Space Nine, that's where I know him from. Sally Kellerman's in there, Richard Mulligan from Soap. Uh, Ruth Gordon is particularly good in this. She plays, uh, it's a very small role she's got as the cynical old lady, but she does stand out. She's got some great one-liners. Uh, you'll remember Ruth Gordon as the mum in Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah, hairy ass. Um, even Larry Hagman turns up, uh, J.R. himself, in an early role as a doctor has to treat his patient in a car park, and that's uh, that's quite funny. It's it's a film, though, of full of sight gags uh, and turns of phrases, the sort of things which made Airplane really, really famous. But for some reason, this film didn't hit the populace as much as what Airplane did, you know, even though it is pretty much the same thing. Uh, for example, there's a... There's a sight gag near the beginning whereby they are loading up the uranium um, into the reactor because the nuclear power bus. So they've got these obviously sort of uh, lead lead lined rooms, and they've got all their uh, sort of reactive radioactive uh, suits on, and they're sort of using these uh, um, robot arms and all that. And it gets the the, the uranium rod gets stuck, and um, uh, Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, yeah, uh, played by Ned Beatty. I mean, he is an engineer, played by Ned Beatty. They stop. He opens the door up. He hasn't got a suit or anything like that. He just walks in, grabs hold of the rod, just pulls it the other way and drops it in. You know, it's it's sight gags like that. Um, there's a bit later on in the film whereby the the the, the oil industry guys, Iron Iron Man, plants a, uh, a bomb on the bus and they've uh, they find it. They've got to disarm it and they consult Jane's book of bombs to try and disarm it. And it's telling them how to disarm it using Jane's book of bombs. You know, it's that kind of stuff. There's an automatic washing mechanism on the bus because it's so big and it's non-stop. Uh, there's an automatic washing machine, which is a bit like a, a mobile car wash as such. It's got the rollers that come out and move up and down the bus. But as Shoulders, who activates it from the cockpit, he, uh, he almost like you could all imagine, imagine him putting coins in and pressing this kind of lever to you know, activate the soap dispenser. And it even has sort of clanging pinball noises as the soap goes down from this little tube that they use. It's stuff like that. There's a whole sequence... Uh, about testing the aerodynamics of the bus uh, and they take the bus up to 90 mile an hour and I actually I recorded the clip and I'll let the clip say the rest from here a lot of effort for a fart joke but it's, it's, it's funny it's it's not as good as airplane it isn't it's not as quotable 
Uh, Joe Bologna, though, is as good as Robert Hayes. In fact, he could have just played that character. This It could have potentially just been the further adventures of Dan Torrance, the airplane movies. They've both got that history they're carrying around for themselves. He's got Mount Diablo. Uh, uh, Ted Stryker's got Macho Grande. You know, same sort of thing. Um, I've not actually read anywhere that the, uh, the Zucker Abrams brothers used... Zucker Brothers and Abrams use this as inspiration, but there are tons of similarities. There's tons of character similarities, tons of events. Some of the scenes could have really just been a direct rip-off, which I guess when you think about it, in essence means that Airplane could be seen as a spoof of a spoof. There you go. Um, there's also a great little lampoon of the Italian job towards the end. Uh, and let's put it into perspective. This is a hell of a lot funnier than the majority of its contemporary spoof movies. You know, Scary Movie was... Scary Movie was all right. It was pretty funny, but they just got gradually worse and worse and worse. I never saw the fourth one. Uh, and I've, no, I've not really had any time. I've, I've kind of seen a little bits of, of, of these conveyor belt spoof movies. The are churning out now, like date movie and epic movie and... There's an Avatar one coming and stuff like that. I mean, but they're just, this is not funny anymore. You know, they're not a patch on, on, on Airplane or this. They're really not. But, hell, maybe I'm just getting old. You know, maybe maybe this type of humour won't appeal to the kids of today, you know, um, who might like that other stuff. You know, maybe it's just one of those things that that, that goes with age or goes with the, the pop culture at the time. Um, you know, maybe maybe I'm just Stan Marsh. Maybe that's what it is. I'm just Stan Marsh which um, I guess if you've not seen the latest episode of South Park, the one that just aired in America, um, the one that they played for the season break before the, well, the supposed final seven episodes um, at the end of the year, that um, it does uh, it's, it, it does actually lay the groundwork for the end of South Park, if you've not seen it. You know, South Park is supposed to be coming to a close at the end of the season. There won't be any more. And uh, the episode that's just been does really kind of suggest that that's the case but i won't spoil it watch it it's a good episode but um uh, i'm stan marsh so from that go watch the episode you'll understand what i mean anyway uh the big bus gets a thumbs up from me if you're not seeing it and you love airplane uh, or its sequel and i i like airplane 2 as well i know that it gets a, a bad rap and a lot of people crap over it but i think the sequel is funny not as good but it is funny uh check this one out spoof movies by their nature well they're not remake or reboot material so that's that's fine that's off the cards um i had a look online today actually for a dvd copy of the big bus, uh, and the top hit I got on Google was from an eBay seller who had a Region One copy selling for get this ninety eight dollars. Is this some sort of rare film or something like that? But I don't think so because I just went to the iTunes store after that and found it for a fiver. Winner, brilliant. Anyway, uh, quick one today, but that's it. Nineteen seventy six, the big bus. Check it out. It's movie goodness, and that's this week's movie mug. Mm-hmm.